welcome to episode 16 of the VD Clinic. Is this episode 16? I believe so. I think it is. <laughs> yeah, I was it just, is. <laughs> okay. I was just fiddling with some art for this episode and I totally already <laughs> forgot what number it was. That's that's right. Our brains are on complete summer break. <laughs> we have lost right. our freaking minds. <laughs> I'm Vanessa, and with me as always is Darren. How are you doing, Darren? I am doing great. Jesus and I love you, Vanessa. <laughs> Jesus and I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, we have lost our minds <laughs> even more. We're doing, yeah, it's like we said, it's summer break. And we decided to give ourselves a little bit of a mental break before we have a hard-hitting September. Before we have a different kind of mental break. Right. Um, so we are going to um, be covering only two. We are going to be covering two movies this episode. No books, but we'll throw in some listener uh, questions. Uh, so still related to books. Get a little bit of that in. Courtesy of Robert Ward, we still have that ongoing list of questions that he's given us. Keep them coming. Yeah, totally. They, are fun. they totally are. Yeah, some some actually are, that are coming up are getting challenging. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this month we are covering as a uh, Darren alluded to Jesus and I love you. Um, we're covering Orgasmo. <laughs> Orgasmo <laughs> and Choda Boy, exactly. Um, and Death to Smoochie, <laughs> which yes, there's also a dick in there and, and, and spewing forth of yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, that's a what? Except it's a cookie in the shape of a cock. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it's a. Uh, just kind of, so we needed some good comedy and just, uh, they're kind of a, what, how did you put it, uh, Darren? What, the... Just describing these two movies together. The connection of them? Uh, yeah. There was seeing how the sausage was made. <laughs> uh, well, that's a whole other meeting in Orgasmo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the sausage party. Whole lot of man butt in that movie. Yeah. Not enough boobs for either of us, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, or what, behind the scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Yeah. Behind the formaldehyde. Oh, that maybe that'll be something I recommend. Did you ever read Behind the Formaldehyde Curtain? No. Uh, it was an article about the secretive world of mortuary work and all that other stuff I read in college. Mm, okay. <laughs> Speaking of death... <laughs> Back to death to Smoochie. Yeah, so um, so that's a kind of a fun one. And I, I know, Darren, like, you brought it up. I, something came up, and I know when you were joining the uh, show, we were we were joking about you gave the stepdad speech of, I'm not trying to replace your father. <laughs> <laughs> and right. it totally made me think of death to Smoochie. And I know we came up, this kind of came up, then it came up in conversation a while ago. And then, and I don't know, and we were talking about something to put with death to Smoochie. And I just thought... Of, I don't know, orgasmo, something so ridiculous. And it is, yeah, that kind of poking fun of the industry. I mean, porn industry instead of children's show industry, but... <laughs> <laughs> Tomato, tomato, right? Right, right. But, you know, you still get slimy directors, agents, marketing people. <laughs> <laughs> the Children of Hope Foundation. Oh, my God, I love Harvey Feierstein. Harvey Feierstein. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just it's Merv Green. <laughs> 
This Smoochie is fuchsia. Um, <laughs> Moochie is burgundy. What do I gotta do? Take you back to kindergarten? <laughs> you do that too well. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, anyway, so I guess um, we'll go to a short break and then we'll come back and we'll continue to talk to some more. Death to Smoochie. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension of not only film and sound, but mind. A journey into an auditory movie review adventure that must be experienced to be believed. There's a signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Doomsday Clock. You can extract the Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock podcast by either searching for WYCH on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Which versus the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. So prepare yourself. The podcast ice is gonna break! He slams the door, he stomps his feet, sends me to bed with zilch to eat. But my stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. His temper's bad and he's a slob. He's bitter cause he lost his job. But my stepdad's not mean, he's just adjusting. So three cheers for the man that I proudly call Stan. He's not quite a dad but a... or a brother. Yes, he gets cross, but still, he's the boss. And besides, he takes care of my mother. So be patient with new friends like Stan. It's not easy to be mom's (laughs) second man. But my stepdad's not mean. He's just adjusting. Now remember, kids. (laughs) If he is ever abusive to you or your mother what's the magic numbers nine one one that's right (laughs) now time to do the jiggy ziggy dance i love that he goes all like (laughs) now if he ever is gonna beat on you guys like (laughs) (laughs) how how bad was that do i need to do it again no that was great that was great there's a reason why i'm a drummer folks (laughs) Uh, <laughs> that's something I think uh, we, we could probably get into, but were there subtle hints left that Sheldon or Smoochie has an anger management problem? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No, it is. It's totally. It, no, I get that. Here's here's my theory. And it's not said outright, but there, there are hints around. And it seems like Sheldon had an anger management problem and he was sent to like whatever classes and stuff and this smoochy character came out of that and was his way of dealing with his anger management and it's and how he felt like okay now i can pass the, pass this message on to other people okay that it that is kind of ha- how i pieced it all together that's that's what I was i'm thinking. not saying that's correct but they leave a lot of things like hints around where yeah that it kind of it kind of seems like yeah you had to you had some anger management
constant issues of your own. You weren't always chill guy. Yeah, because and it's I don't know a whole lot of um or he he Lesnick. suffered at the hands of abuse, you know. Yeah, that that could be it cuz he doesn't talk he you know, he doesn't talk about his family. Right. Like right. But there's obviously something like that there in his past. And I think that Smoochie came out of that character was came out of that anger management type situation. Yeah. Cuz it, it's, it's and then there's word it's word choice too cuz he says I was Absolutely. ordered or I was ordered to take this anger management class. Management class. I know, right? <laughs> not asked, not I took one. It was no. I was ordered to. Ordered. Well, and even you see how he is in the methadone clinic. Oh, we'll get you off that smack. Oh, yes, we will. Oh, we'll get you off that smack. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks, we're going to be singing on this episode. <laughs> yep. One Can't one. help it. <laughs> And Orgasmo was originally thought of as a musical, too. So. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish they had had... I mean, like, they really only had one or two songs, but still. <laughs> oh, that would have been brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> but even... So even, you know, Sheldon in the methadone clinic and everything, like, the, just the way he's, like, going about, like, the whole situation of, like... Or he thinks that, you know, Nora comes up to him and, you know, trying to talk to him about getting this time slot or whatever, inter- you know, this audition and he thinks oh you know we've got treatment you know there 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 are people here to treat you and he's like you got on the, you're on the h train <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no no well thank you for assuming so yeah right <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's what one thing I really love. Well, okay, let's let's introduce our movie properly. It's the 2002 movie Death to Smoochie, directed by Danny DeVito and written by Adam Resnick. Stars Robin Williams, Edward Norton, and Catherine Keener. Harvey Firestein. John Stewart looking like a baby with that haircut. With that haircut, Danny DeVito and uh yeah some other people uh, Vincent Chiavelli Chia has a brief Chiavelli. but memorable appearance right yeah well he always does you know he, he can't he's just that kind of presence yeah as far as a character actor goes Danny Woodburn you've seen him in so many movies right oh, so many movies right right but but it's, it's, so Adam Resnick that wrote this also wrote Cabin Boy <laughs> and I have this weird love for that movie it's so just odd <laughs> and you totally and it's a dark comedy like this is a it, this is a much this is a dark comedy as well I mean it's definitely a much more mature script you know which makes sense because yeah. it's later in his career but it, it's just I think and you see Danny DeVito he's one of, he always ends up directing dark comedies you know yeah the lighthearted people tend to do that <laughs> right right and it makes so much sense and, and just the way that Edward Norton like delivers so much just with this this naive like smile on his face and the lighting and the colors that are used to deliver these messages is kind of bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Like it really I like at times you're just like what? <laughs> <laughs> The commentary on my DVD of this is Danny DeVito and the director of photography. Okay, okay. They had a yeah, lot cause of Yeah, because I was re-watching it today, and I'm like, oh my god, the color palette is just, you know, it's just like kind of off the chart, and then you hear what they're saying or they're doing at the certain time, because it's all about this competition that takes place in rivalry that's going on between these children's show hosts and the agents and 
and the conglomerations, you know, whatever that the the what is it? The Parade of Hope organization, <laughs> the Parade charity organ, yeah, charity organization that sees that they can make money off these children's show characters. Which it starts off with what's it? Rainbow Randolph and the Crinkle Kids. Crinkle Kids, which is Robin Williams, and he gets you know caught in some friends come in all sizes, right? And he gets caught up in you know some just light, not light treason, but light bribery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, small time. I'll you know give me so much money, and I'll make sure your kid sits up front in this you know camera shot or whatever. Like (laughs) booker eater on my show. Right. It's in there, you know, not heavy duty amounts of money. But a, uh, a, a briefcase full. Right. Of course. Of course. And then all of a sudden they go out and find this unknown Sheldon Moops, which is a death, which is a Smoochie the Rhino, played by Edward Norton. At the, at his regular, one of his regular gigs, the uh, Coney Island Methadone Clinic. I just love that. <laughs> Every Friday. <laughs> I've still never been um, to Coney Island. I, I mean, I've only been to New York uh, maybe five times, and every time so far... Well, one time was to be a wit- witness in a lesbian wedding, because uh, it was still illegal here in Ohio, so I took, mm-hmm. a, took a road trip. And every other time was on tour, so got to see some yeah. stuff, but never got to go to Coney Island or the Coney Island Methadone Clinic. I've been to Coney Island multiple times, but never to their Methadone Clinic. I've never had a, a need to go, but... <laughs> never had that itch. I know. But I don't know. I'll have to check out their entertainment uh, schedule and let you know. It might be worth the, the trip. It's I'm right on the train for it to the to go right to Coney Island, so where I live in Brooklyn, so <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be far for me. <laughs> Anywho, anyway. but um, I don't. I don't know. There's just I. You would you would ask me before we started recording because part of my day job I work with like talent unions and agencies agents and actors and, and musicians, whatever, that are in com- commercials and everything. But you were asking me about, like, the whole thing about, I trusted him, he, my agent, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> how could you do that? I know, I know. It just, oh my, it just cracked me up so much, so much. I mean, and it's really an indictment so much of the industry of, you know, where it's like you have put someone in the middle, in the mix of all that who is really so just wide-eyed and you know good-hearted that naive and then all of a sudden the irish mob is there which can we, i can we just Tommy talk about Carter. thank you the irish mob in this movie pam ferris that claims tommy cotter uh, oh <laughs> oh i'm sad <laughs> oh she's so good oh i'm sad <laughs> who made you sad tommy <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't like to mention names. <laughs> you got the hammer? You, you got the hammer, Roy? I've always got the hammer, Tommy. <laughs> so good. Oh, she's so sweet. Yeah, just the way she does it is is so just... And her... She has the, like, the extreme facial expressions in this high drama that makes it so much, like, emphasizes it so much. She doesn't have to say that much. And it looks, it seems so intimidating. Because <laughs> it's backed up with these three guys who are like the, you know, the physical, what are goons. Yeah. Even though she's not of small stature herself, but she's not 
physically like looming over someone necessarily. No, uh, she's it's in her she's words. only doing it with her facial expressions. Yeah, uh. <laughs> and that's a real talent, I think, as an actress. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there was a funny outtake where uh, she was consoling Spinner, who's played by, oh, his name is totally escaping me. The guy from Summer of Sam. Michael Verspoli? Yeah, uh, where she was comforting him during the, the dark times of Sheldon later on in the movie. But she had to prop up her, her boob because it got smashed yeah. after so many takes. <laughs> And yeah. she just cracked everybody up. She seems like a really fun lady. Oh, and I love I love it when they're at Spinner's funeral. And she's like, okay, let's go pray and get shit-faced. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's my people. <laughs> my Irish people. That's how we deal with grief. <laughs> In no particular order. Exactly. Back and forth we go. Sometimes fuck the praying. <laughs> we just get shit-faced. That's how we deal with it. Gonna touch a fucking hair in your hair in your fucking head. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, there's so many things like this. Like, I just keep going. I mean, we keep quoting the script. Mm. I mean, because it's really there's so many one-liners or and the way that they're delivered. Because really, I mean, Robin Williams is just so on his game, mm-hmm. and he he's so good at playing these darkly comedic kind of tortured characters. Because I mean, that's what he was that's what i mean really i've been meaning to watch that hbo documentary but you you said you've seen it right yes yes and it's really he that's not what the public necessarily thought of him thought of him as for so long and and it's really only i think after his death unfortunately that more people have been seeing those roles that he, he's done that were the displayed the darker side of his talents and that perhaps were closer to you know some of how he dealt with his demons yeah you know and and this is just one of these where you're just like and he's just oh my god he's just so so good because it allows him to kind of go nuts a little bit yeah like in a health in a healthy way <laughs> in a safe place with his buddy Danny, even though he's you know even though his character is confused about his sexual his sexual uh, identity, um, yeah, that's that's the, that's the one thing I was just like, okay, this, I mean, this is a two thousand two movie, I know, but still, it's just the way I don't know the way <laughs> it's done. You're like, I don't know if that was necessary, but right. okay, whatever. I wouldn't know anything about his sleeping disorders, but <laughs> when he called, yeah, I know exactly. You're just like, really, okay, sure, like okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, and what is? I guess I, it was probably and just. It's, hmm? And it's really only the only person who seems to have an issue with his potential queer sexual orientation is himself. Like everyone else is like, who fucking cares? Right? I will say that. Like everyone else is just like, mm-hmm, whatever, you know. Like yeah, it's John- like obvious to them, and they're also like, it's fine. <laughs> just be happy. Be yourself. You know. And meanwhile, he's the one who it's, it's all internalized homophobia. I, that's the only good thing about it i will say because mm-hmm. john stewart's that, character seems gay and it's just it's mentioned just the same yeah. way as it would have been if it was i got you ladies yeah well angelo's character is gay okay he's openly gay i'm not just saying that because of the show tunes posters <laughs> 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 but <laughs> he 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 
said he the way he says something like he refers to something or whatever with like Randolph like it or yeah okay I miss that yeah I caught the show tunes but yeah that's just because there's so many posters on the wall in his one he's playing party. cabaret in the background yep and is that what the I feel pretty song is from oh no he, oh he I feel pretty is from West Side Story they're playing that in another scene yeah or singing Cabaret from Cabaret, mm-hmm. the Liza Minnelli. Life is a cabaret. Yeah. Come to. I, I, the only reason I know all the words, not that I have anything against Cabaret, but me first mm-hmm. the Gimme Gimme's do that song on their Show Tunes album. Okay. So that's how I learned all the words. Uh, I do love that musical quite a bit. I like a lot of the music Can't... from Chicago, I think. Is that the one that yeah, has well, We it, Had It Coming? Yeah, I think it's the same composers is that candor and ebb as well because the part of why i like cabaret is because of like the way like musically it's written and i think now it's gonna bug me i gotta see i'm gonna have to look this up now (laughs) that um no i think it's the same actual musical composer who did um what do you call it who did um chicago yeah and cabaret they both start with c but bob fossey did the um choreography on both i can at least tell you that There we go. And Bob Fosse was mentioned as some of the uh, inspiration for Robin Williams' dance numbers, Mm -hmm. which he learned how to tap dance, but apparently he was wretched on ice skates. So he was double ah, It's Candor and Ebb. I was right. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. My musical theater background pays off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm using two things in my actual real life on the podcast. Like, (laughs) there we go. I'm, I'm I'm glad to know I can I my facts are not completely useless all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as you enjoy knowing it, it's never a useless fact. Okay. <laughs> that was gonna bug me. I had to look that up. <laughs> oh, that's the that's the wonder of semi-live recording she could go on the fly yeah but um yeah it's really yeah you can see a lot of you can see a certain gene kelly influence too with the rainbow randolph type uh, dancing yeah as well i think sorry more musical theater geek in me. <laughs> no 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 go for it this is the this is the time it'll be a while before we get something else with this much dancing Oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, it might be um, our uh, commentary for our, our, to end the, or for the second year anniversary. Year two. I have something in mind that, <laughs> a uh, musical. <laughs> are you still thinking about the apple? Oh, I so am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we suffer for our art, right? Yeah, well, at least there are tits in it. <laughs> Very true. You know, a musical brought to you by Canon Films and Cocaine. <laughs> like so, I'm gonna sing the crap out of you. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry, we have completely gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not on. That we were show. never really on it. it. This this movie just. I mean, we've gone down like we've mentioned things with multiple actors in here. Catherine Keener. I always love Catherine Keener. She just. I don't know. She's one of those people that it, it always delights me to see her on screen. <laughs> Yeah, she's, I think, I didn't even really become aware of who she was, even though I had seen Death to Smoochie the year it Mm -hmm. came out or whatever, she was in The 40-Year-Old Virgin, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I actually knew her name. Right. Um, Yeah, she's got really good 
comedic delivery, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's a great de- dramatic actress as well, though. What else was she in? Uh, jog my memory. She was in um, an American Crime. She was she was in uh, Capote. Oh, okay, um, I've seen that. She played yeah. She played Harper Lee in Capote. Oh right. Yeah. She, um, yeah, what, I mean, she's been in a bunch of other stuff and, and she probably plays equally drama and comedy, but she's been in John Malkovich. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, you know, she pops up in all these different things. I don't know. And she's not one of those people that I'm always like, like the first actress I think of, but I'm always happy to see her. I feel like I saw her in... And I'm not, I don't even remember why. I think I watched it because uh, it was because it was on. One of those times that I watched something because it was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in that movie Switch, wasn't she? As a secretary? Mm. A, a late, well, the Jane, Jim Yes, Belushi. she was. Okay. I was going to say, that at least the, uh, the secretary looked like her. Yeah, I just pulled up her IMDb. Yes, she's in there. Yeah, so uh, there's definitely more dramatic type roles that I've not forgotten. But I always think of her in comedies like this and uh, Hamlet 2. I think she's in Hamlet 2. Yeah. Which is a movie. But most people probably know her from 40-year-old version. That was probably, at least, it probably made more money than a lot of these other movies in the box office. I feel like Death to Smoochie was... It's definitely higher profile. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, Death to Smoochie did not... has been a it's a cult classic but it's not you know i would still say even more people saw capote saw her in capote than this you know it's this was not a very a lot of people didn't see this movie for the longest time yeah <laughs> which is a shame which is a real real shame which is another reason i guess i i was like when we were talking about just doing like mindless just fun movies i was like well let's do one that we both know that you know we just have fun with and this is certainly a fun movie and but not a lot of people talk about it yeah i'm 2002 it, it, it oh this movie is what four years away from being on turner classic movies <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's a fun story. It's a funny movie. It's I like that they um they kept the I mean the colors and the sets were wonderful, but the lighting they got really yeah. creative with the lighting in this. They absolutely, absolutely, and they because they make it look like it is a kid show. It is a you know it's this kids network and they're just manufacturing all this stuff and all the marketing of the cereals and the toys and everything that come with it but the lighting is just like puts you in this like trance like you're trying to pull you in like you're a kid too and all the music oh my god the music is incredible i really i have to say all of it, it, the music is great. And what were we saying? Did we decide whether or not, <clears throat> like, who wrote all the who wrote all the music? Uh, well, uh, well, the music by David Newman, but you said Adam Resnick had some writing credit. Well, if you're looking at like the, I think the credits at the end of the movie. He, Adam Resnick has some writing credits, so, um, but Edward Norton has some as well. Yeah, in the, in the commentary, DeVito said that Norton wrote all the songs, but I, you never know what that means. That could just be, he wrote the words and the other people Mm -hmm. put everything, but Norton was really into this. (laughs) You know, he. Oh, it is obvious he was into this. He was wearing hemp clothes and stuff. 
in the movie. Uh, I don't think yeah. they even ever referenced it. And he made that weird green black paste that he puts on those horrible uh-huh. looking soy dogs at Na- is it at Nathan's? That- it's at Nathan's, which they now have soy dogs there, by the way. Do they? Do, did he ever get them on those gluten free buns that he was talking they about? Ha- I I I wonder if they have. I haven't been out there um this summer but they might they probably have the gluten-free buns now yeah <laughs> you can't change the world but you can make a dent yeah i it no they totally do have the uh soy dog options at nathan's out there yeah yeah so smoochie did make a difference in the world there we go for somebody <laughs> moral moral <laughs> of the story <laughs> it's all those damn hipsters in brooklyn is what it is <laughs> <laughs> That's really more of the answer of, of how that got changed. <laughs> yeah, you know, you cater to your audience when you can. There's a place here called Dirty Frank's, mm-hmm. and they have stuff like boozy slushies and hot dogs and all, a bunch of different... I think the, you know, the, the plain hot dog is called the Glen Beck, a plain, just a yeah. plain, plain white wiener or something like that. <laughs> Lots of other creative names. They only play local yeah. music and shit like that. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, Norton seemed really, really into the Smoochie character. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised oh, yeah. if he... Uh, he doesn't have to play a whole lot of guitar. <laughs> and despite my terribleness early on, you know, <laughs> those notes for most people usually aren't that hard to play. I think the stepdad song is only two or three notes or chords. I don't think it's chords because yeah. I was better at playing bar chords than anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking a little bit about Smoochie's anger management. Right. And what? There's the being ordered to take the anger management class. Mm-hmm. There's the the moments throughout the movie where the cracks show like yeah. the, the howl the howl scene yeah <laughs> there's some some primal rage coming out in mm-hmm. that song about dealing with stress and right that was i liked the 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 different levels of that and we were talking about Danny DeVito being a, a relatively happy go lucky type person even though he does the dark humor but at that moment especially in the commentary he got a little philosophical talking about what to do um you know you you protect yourself and howl and it was just interesting that sheldon and then what the hurt hungry angry lonely tired i'm gonna halt here right i've I've never heard of but i've never been asked to take an anger management class i know i have not taken a an anger management class myself but i do know people who have and i've heard something similar okay and at the very end though you fucked with the wrong rhino pal i feel like yeah. that's when he's back to where he started yeah put the gun down shell yeah exactly <laughs> even a rat deserves mercy every now and then it was just such a good line and those yeah. did you, uh since you said you have the digital copy of this right so you didn't get the deleted scenes no i didn't there's uh where where are we in the timeline of the movie or have we abandoned that i think we've abandoned that okay <laughs> <laughs> We, we, I figured we, I figured we were probably going to we we were probably going to wrap up soon. Okay, so our movie this, discussion. It's probably a good point, a good time to put that in. There were two main deleted scenes. Okay, there was when when Harvey Firestein gets his it was an honest mistake. Oh, uh, when they, yeah, when they chop off, tell him the story about what the man who got his head chopped off with an axe. Yeah, and you see Roy walk up with is it Roy who has the axe? Yeah, he's the only one whose name I. Really Really remember there's like Roy, no, big guy yeah, and little guy 
<laughs> yeah, you see him. You see, you see him walk up with the axe. But yeah, and I don't know. Does yeah. it cut from there, or it, does it continue? It cuts from there to Danny DeVito himself spraying the blood, and there's a big slow motion blood splatter that goes <laughs> that goes past Tommy's face while she stands there watching. And they cut that to okay bring down the violence a little bit. Yeah, and but yeah, he said he had fun spraying the blood, but they just thought it was a little too intense and he yeah yeah maybe and he even planned on making a g-rated version of the movie oh god no just for special features not on per not for whatever but for the yeah. kids because he said that the kids that worked on the movie were great they were really cool they the just wanted to see it scene. or something yeah he's like they have to wait until they're older to watch it so i thought about making a g-rated version for the dvd but we never got around to that and yeah the other main deleted scene is at the end when mm-hmm. tommy right after tommy says you boys ever traveled together before yeah and yeah, you know there has to be something there that's cut out. Yeah, well, do you know how uh, from the, the behind that scene, there's that sort of opaque glass yeah. behind them? So yeah. Smoochie and Nora leave. Right. And they're on the other side of that glass and you see and hear two gunshots. And they, yeah. st- they stop and they flinch and she said, like, they were assholes anyway. And <laughs> uh, he cut it because it made not having them know Knowing that they were murdered made Sheldon and Nora a bit more sympathetic. Right. Even though you know they're going to get killed. I mean, like, (laughs) duh. I mean, he already knew about the Parade of Hope guy, Harvey Fires, the goodness. And, and you, off. yeah, right. You knew that they were gonna. They had to know that that was what was gonna happen anyway. Like, yeah. So it doesn't yeah. really change, but anything uh, or at least much, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. that's why I laughed when uh, Smoochie said, "Stay out of this, Tommy. This has nothing to do with you." When it was mm-hmm. the most, well, I guess after Har- Harvey Firestein, but it was yeah. actually personal for her. <laughs> Well, it was. It was. Absolutely. 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 Okay, so the one line that it cracks me up in this movie, and I, because, well, in Orgasmo, and we'll talk more about it, but there, there's a whole line. So, okay, let me go back. I watched <laughs> Death to Smoochie last week, or whatever, and whatever. It, it, this line didn't hit me so much, but then I watched Orgasmo, and then I rewatched Death to Smoochie today, and after orgasmo has this line of he's going to be sleeping with the fishes see (laughs) you know and that whole thing that's like repeated in that which cracks me which always cracks cracks me up there's this line in death to smoochie instead of saying that it's was it he'll see that he'll see the ph balance in the east river (laughs) (laughs) i'm like it's just a different way of saying he'll be sleeping with the fishes but i was like it just made me crack up because I'm like, oh no, you can't. They didn't go for just the cheap joke of, you know, he'll be sleeping with the fishes or something like that. No, they had to go for, you'll see the pH balance of the East River. <laughs> I was like, that actually says a lot about Death to Smoochie because it is a little bit smarter in some of its, um, I guess, the way it pokes fun at things. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it goes over anybody's head by any means, but it's still, you know, it does have moments where it's a little bit smarter. Smarter right, and like the dark haunted world world of child entertainers, for, for basically everyone except for Mister Rogers. Right, exactly. So it, yeah. So anyway, I just I that struck me when I was rewatching uh, Death to Smoochie today, and I just had to mention that though. But I was like, 
Yeah, that's that says a lot about the way this entire script is. Oh, you totally. Know? It doesn't just go for the cheap, you know, which there's nothing wrong with. And there is a place and time for the cheap. Okay, you'll be sleeping with the fishes. See? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a time and place for that. But on the other hand, it's also refreshing to see something that's a little bit different. Totally. Which is why, I mean, like, yeah, Death to, Smoo- Death to Smoochie. I can't recommend it highly enough. And I would, and there's certainly more people. I would re- recommend it probably to more people in a way because, well, it's really fucked up (laughs) and i think more people need i need need that (laughs) in their lives like because it seems like oh it's gonna be all nice and innocent it's a children's show and then it's like nope nope not exactly (laughs) great i mean the response in our group when we alluded to this being on right uh, was very strong and and nobody said they didn't like it Mm -hmm. so either people haven't seen it or they love it so yeah who haven't seen that take that as a as a hint yeah so darren do you have do you have anything else to say about the movie no 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 friends friends come in all sizes (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly exactly yeah okay so i guess that wraps up our discussion on death to smoochie so um we're gonna take a short break and then we will be back to discuss some uh orgasmo
so yes, I guess I what is it? Bo dubbed part of the way I was grew up as uh, somewhat a little bit Amish. So I don't know me without having cable and an access to a lot of TV and movies. I and reading so many books was supposedly a little bit Amish. <laughs> You didn't get to watch Pulp Jesus or no. uh, what were some of the other Jesus? The good and the bad and the Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't Jesus. that one? Yeah. <laughs> Trauma movies were the entire classics uh, rack. Oh. I know. Oh, God. I know that. I know that. There's, uh, Orgasmo is definitely a movie of its time because there were VHSs being actively made in this movie rather than sought after. Oh, absolutely. Which, you know what? I had forgotten it was quite that long ago that this movie came out. Yeah, it, it came out when I was in high school. In, in, anyway, so fo- folks, we're back with our second movie, which is Orgasmo. Ten um, boy. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I stepped on your line there. No worries. It was came out, it came out in 1997. <laughs> I was thinking it was more like 99 or 2000. Like, I mean, that's a small technicality, but I was thinking it was a little bit more like 2000, just yeah. a little bit later. Because I, I knew it was still kind of had, uh, you know, a very certain vibe as far as the entertainment industry goes. I mean, well, it's specifically porn industry, but uh, I'm going to let you go on and, and, and give a description of the uh, movie and oh, everything okay. I'll let you do that now but I, I just wanted because we I just wanted to mention the name of the movie and the year because we were just talking about it so anyway yeah. I'll let you go ahead yeah <laughs> uh, okay so just so we're nice just to clarify we are talking about 1997's orgasmo with a Z not orgasmo with an s from 1969 so I hope <laughs> I hope nobody was Sorry. misled uh, yes. because most of the things most of the notifications about this movie being covered were done orally. Speaking of oral, Orgasmo was (laughs) a satirical superhero sex comedy film written and directed by uh, Trey Parker of South Park fame, produced by Matt Stone, also of South Park fame. They put this together after the, I guess you would say cult success of Cannibal, originally Alfred Packer the musical, which became Cannibal the musical. Right. And they, they they came out to Hollywood with a script in a dream uh so basically what joe young and his partner who's a coward they're his going mormon missionary partner yeah his mormon missionary partner they're going around in la <laughs> getting the the responses uh, the you know i think this inspired a little a cup some of the stuff to book of mormon the musical later on <laughs> probably probably but yeah i mean so yeah joe young and his partner they end up after what oh the mormons boys can fuck right off (laughs) i know the little old lady that tells them to fuck off like i'm just like i love it i love it everybody like hates it when the mormons come to their doors yeah and and it's funny too because i hate when they come to my doors but i've actually had a few encounters out and about especially on when I do public transit mm-hmm. with Mormons and they all seem to recognize like my bouncing souls hat or yeah. shirt. And it's, but it's, it's a different sort of conversation when somebody comes to your house and tries to ram their beliefs down your throat. Yeah. And I usually get the Jehovah's witnesses doing that. <laughs> Connie, the, the dog here keeps a lot of people at bay. She's got a hellhound sort of snarl that you've heard 
occasionally on this show in the background. I don't loose her on anybody, but people don't wait as long <laughs> after knocking. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, th- I definitely, they would come more often when I was younger, when I was in high school. I, mean, I don't know if it's because I live in a different area now, but Max Orbison oh. with three X's. Um, of course. <laughs> Bilbo, is that the name of his? Is, this is basically where everything gets going. He's, yeah. Some guys from Jesus cut off their balls. And we get <laughs> <laughs> we get a cheese ball kung fu movie fight scene where the Mormon gives up his pacifism. Well, no, it's still pacifism if you're only defending yourself, right? Right. It's, well, it's just you don't go after starting violence. Yeah, Dang. but I, I love you know. I, I, I was watching that, and every time I, I see this movie and I see that scene, the first thing I think of is I might respect Mormons more if that, you know, if they could do that. If, if they, <laughs> they kick that much ass, that, like randomly. <laughs> kick ass i'm like okay <laughs> fine i'm I, sure i'll listen to you maybe I, you know i might give you a little bit of my time but no i'm still not gonna convert but you know whatever <laughs> i can at least respect you i mean I, <laughs> right now no sorry and- you know you don't even drink caffeine i can't handle it's too much okay. my my grandfather actually was raised mormon in the middle of Oklahoma and he ran away from home at 16 because he hated the religious household so much. Oh, yeah. No. Do the do the Mormons have a rumspringa like the Amish? Or no. just ran it, away at 16? He just ran away at 16. Joined the Navy, forged papers and said he was old, said he was older or something. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Getting into the military <laughs> just so he could get away from yeah, that house, that religious upbringing. <laughs> so, and oddly enough, uh, totally odd. Well, kind of off subject. I mean, we're talking about Mormons, but oddly enough, after he he uh, he married my grandmother, and then after she had passed away, but then he remarried a few years after she passed away, and his second wife was a Mormon. And I'm like, why? He never went to like any services or anything with her. But I'm just like, this is the weirdest thing. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing? Sorry, no, <laughs> that's no. my Mormon connection. <laughs> uh... I I don't know I, I I don't know I don't know a whole lot about it. I back when in some theology class there was some stuff on the Book of Mormon, and I remember when Mormons sort of changed things to stop saying black people were evil or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, um, they yeah they're not they're not known for their liberated ideas on other on diversity. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Smith was called a prophet. Dum 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 dum. Just gonna bring that up. <laughs> yes. Oh god, that that ep- that episode of South Park was quite brilliant. Yeah. And you can see, like, between this that episode of South Park, and I think there was another episode of South Park, how it all laid the ground for Mormon the musical or Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. They've just been they've been wanting to do so much with. I mean, Trey Parker, he's the musical freak. Yeah, and you could tell in all the little old clips you find that are dug up he seems to mm-hmm. always find a, uh, a way to sing <laughs> sort of like christopher right. walking and dancing it's just yeah expect him to sing somewhere on the soundtrack i mean with team america yeah the the band was sort of official and it was called dvda da yes which we get we've got first here <laughs> i mean as far as the the south park uh what is it the the south park mention of dvda was first in orgasmo movie yeah uh-huh. which i love the fact i love <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so let's. So basically, you have the Mormon missionary ends up agreeing to work as a porno actor, except there's going to be a stunt cock, so he's not yeah. doing you know actual sex, but he wants to get his money so he can he and his fiance can get married in the Mormon temple in I don't Salt Lake why, City. I don't know why they make it so expensive to get married to the temples because you'll pay it exactly. It's all a scam. <laughs> Sorry. Magic underwear isn't doesn't pay for itself. Yeah, <laughs> magic underwear is apparently not cheap either from what I've heard. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, um <laughs> that's a terrifying thought. <laughs> And um, so, yeah, the I, I I love the whole the whole fact of it's it's making fun of the porn industry. Well, while at this at the same time making fun of the religious, like Mormon, type, whatever the it, not even just Mormon, but people who are so religious and against a certain amount of sexuality. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of making fun of both sides. But I love the fact as far as making fun of the porn industry, it does ha- have a lot of actual from actual porn actors like from the industry in this movie oh yeah not some are playing themselves or some are playing other people like well i mean obviously ron jeremy and julie ashton Chasey Lane. I love Julie Ashton fucking cracks me up in here because she she's not a bad actress if you watch her in her action. But if you see her in here, you're like, oh my God. It I mean, and it's obvious, like she's making fun of this idea of porn actresses can't act. Mm-hmm. You know, the oh, I'm so badly wanting it. Like <laughs> the way she delivers that line, you're just like, oh, I'm so hot for you. Like <laughs> line, you guys line. got me so horny. I oh, know that oh, wasn't her. But. Ring the bell. <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> was, I love that she kept falling over. Oh my god! The fact that she just like flips over off the bed at one point and hits her head against the wall, and, and her breasts like keep getting bigger, and they're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Georgie." Jesus. Yeah, I upgraded. <laughs> yeah, it was Toddy Wal I wrote that down. Toddy Walters was joining. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. And and actually, I was going to say, I, I should have, um, if I thought about it, we would have had this, uh, maybe another episode where we were going to have guests, but my friend Adam, who was a guest on episode four when we did Drop Dead Gorgeous, he actually worked for the Playboy channel for a while in the 80, uh, in the uh, 90s. And I mean, he was like, so like to have seen this movie with him and like talk about like, Okay, you know, Julie Ash, like talking about how these people are in their real lives. You know, it was just kind of funny and talking about how the the amount of actresses in the porn industry who have Ron Jeremy writers, meaning basically they won't work with him. Like they don't want him. But yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, my Ron Jeremy connection. Uh, a few years, I was walking down the street in one of the neighborhoods here in New York and just like this skeevy looking man walks by me and just obviously checking me out and like says like cat calls me in some way or whatever and i walk by and i realize it's fucking Ron jeremy i'm like no just stop <laughs> stop oh <laughs> i already thought it was bad enough now i think it's even worse that i got cat called like <laughs> and, and you know and then it's like but should i take it as a compliment <laughs> like who's someone who sees other these like women in the industry how do you take a cat call like it's so 
<laughs> it's gross it, at, you know at its core of course but then you're like these other undertones you're like oh. yeah, <laughs> weird that's, i don't know i've i haven't been catcalled that much i i can i can imagine and, it, and it's different when a guy gets catcalled i feel like just because yeah it's i don't know it doesn't happen as often i don't want to say it never happened you don't want to get into those those things but there's right there's the less inherent threat I feel it doesn't like. happen as often yeah it, 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 yeah. It, it it's just statistically it just doesn't happen yeah. as often and you know, I, I think we talked about uh, on our on a previous episode. I talked about the time the guy grabbed my ass and said, "Just go with mm-hmm. it." And yeah. I don't think I brought up the time that I was walking home and an old guy pulled over and tried to get me to get into his car. But <laughs> my God, that's all kinds of creepy. Yeah, and he just kept driving slowly, saying, "Come on, come on, just get in." This is, you know, I was like, "No," and I oh did the thing God. of going to a different place instead of going home shit uh, i'm going to the police precinct actually fucking serial yeah. killer god damn it yeah and you know I, I, <laughs> that's fucked up i'm surprised he didn't hold out a bag of candy or something and i was a, i was an adult yeah you know i but... wasn't a kid but still, it, was, it was the crown victorian or whatever those yeah long creepy old man cars mm-hmm. and yeah it, was, it, it made me uncomfortable so i feel horrible about the shit women have to go through yeah um oh and i mean you know when i got cat called by ron jeremy it wasn't as bad as some other cat calls that i like you know gotten before by any means this was you know did <laughs> it was gross and everything but compared to some other cat calls it was vaguely respectful <laughs> that's horrible when you have to say that <laughs> right it, it was with all the mild, different degrees yeah. of oh yeah <laughs> it was mild harassment yeah exactly but it was harassment nonetheless <laughs> man yeah anyway so orgasmo <laughs> so yeah joe young is tom hung the actor who plays orgasmo the sexual superhero crime fighter in the yeah the i feel like they went out of their way to make it cliche porn sets of course they did (laughs) of course they did (laughs) because they did which i kind of loved i kind of loved because they could have they did it in this was all a sat this was all just making fun of the porn industry but they did it in a silly manner but what do you expect from, like, what, there are moments of intelligent, you know, satire, but <laughs> they're more known for their silly, you know, moments. Yeah. Compared to the crew that did Death to Smoochie. <laughs> you know, I'm just, that's why I'm just saying that, you know, when you looked at what kind of, what, you know, kind of was going on in Death to Smoochie, it, there was a certain intelligence there, mm-hmm. which still brainless fun at times but it just the ratio of brainless fun like this is so much like orgasmo is so much more just brainless fun <laughs> yeah it, it it is it's younger filmmakers i mean it's trey parker's second movie it was yeah it was really before south park had gotten really big i know there one of the things yeah that I saw in a interview with Parker, which I don't know if you got to all the interviews on the, I think we have the same copy I, of the same Blu-ray. Go ahead. Okay. The, he was talking about the difference between orgasmo, the NC-17 rating 
Thank you. I was just going to bring that up. Okay. Yeah. The MPAA. Yeah. And how different it was when he was so angry and justifiably so. Totally. And you and I have had this discussion before about just how it's such a bull. The MPAA is such an arbitrary and just bullshit type thing. And we talked about this film is not rated. Yes. That documentary that goes into a lot of this. But yeah, to hear what he was, I mean, exactly what he's saying about, okay, I went to, you know, the MPAA with a film that had this studio and this amount of funding behind it, this kind of level of distribution behind it versus this other film that had this other, you know, more mainstream type thing behind it. And which which time did the MPAA, when, when were they more willing to listen? Mm-hmm constructive notes rather than ironclad Mm -hmm. edicts right right not to say that they had an easy time with south park the movie but comparatively (laughs) right at least they got other chances yeah exactly exactly they had a a much easier time with their edit you know getting a certain amount of uh i mean they they still were able to get a a song you know shut your fucking face uncle fucker whatever (laughs) in there (laughs) they were still able to get that song in there don't get me wrong So, but, which, can we just say, okay, what's his name? Deanne Baker. Oh, yeah. plays Chota Boy, Ben Chaplusky. He plays, I mean, to go back, these all, these, there's so many of these people that worked on this film that worked on South Park in Cannibal the Musical and all these other projects that they've kind of done over the years. Mm -hmm. But Deanne Baker, he was the voice of Satan's boyfriend, Chris. (laughs) on south park (laughs) after satan left saddam hussein (laughs) i don't know if anybody remembers that oh yeah and saddam's trying to kill him yeah exactly well where the hell was i gonna go detroit (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and he yeah i mean he i think he's in all their movies yeah he is but it's just that's the that's the other role that he that i remember him so much for (laughs) for whatever reason is that is that character yeah it's it's really good i basketball another one they yeah. love to torture him it seems it seems like yeah he's the... well i love I, I love that if you look at the extras on like the making of on um orgasmo they have at the very end where you know a lot of movies will say no animals were harmed in this production blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and it will and it says something in this one that says no animals were harmed in this production however Deanne Baker was armed was harmed in this production and we will we will continue to harm many more Deanne Bakers in our productions because <laughs> they were talking about just how they love to give him so much shit <laughs> and then of course they wrote the role for him that they could stick a giant dildo on his head I mean like <laughs> they just don't take me seriously <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> you know uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he was there on the ground floor. He made the fake. He was in the fake trailer that they made when they were trying to sell the movie. Right. And what they they really credited Fran, who had, uh, the lady that also directed the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, right? Uh, I think it was Fran Baker, one of the co-producers. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Or no, not Baker. Fran Rubel Kazui. Kazui. I'm not sure. I don't know. She. I think she played an extra in the movie. But okay. Yeah, she. She, she was sort of their their way into being taken more seriously once mm-hmm. once that she got behind the project yeah and okay 
they <laughs> they talked Matt out of I, I don't know if this is in the recording yet or not I know we were talking mm-hmm. about it earlier on but they that was Matt's biggest regret was not not really pushing for it to stay a musical yeah because he thought that that would make it an even worse idea for a movie in and in turn making it a better movie I think that I think it would have been fantastic but I do think it would probably been a harder sell oh yeah I, I mean I definitely think it would have been a harder sell especially they had just done Cannibal the musical um so they I mean they probably did need to, it was probably the right move I mean honestly even though it, it would have been awesome if it had been a musical oh my god it'd be fantastic can you imagine oh lord oh lord <laughs> do you see some some traces left like g fresh g fresh is rapping yeah yeah and the care well, i mean obviously the karaoke thing but they have the the song at the you know beginning awesome. and the end they and then they have whatever the uh at the end if you sit through the entire end credits there's a second song that's like a fake mormon hymn (laughs) is so funny (laughs) like because there's some of it like sounds like okay regular like church type you know christian church stuff you'd hear and then they throw in a couple lines that you're like wait what (laughs) it's something like yeah and it's really he was really an okay kind of person (laughs) like kind of the way they say stuff but it's just like that's an odd an odd statement (laughs) talking about jesus where yeah yeah I love it. And it just, it's something so small and stupid, but it makes me laugh every single time. And they're like, Jesus. And then all of a sudden the Joe Young character's like, wait, where? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jesus has just shown up. <laughs> like, <laughs> So it shows up at the end. Thumbs but and then, and then I love that they do the whole thing. They, like they repeat it a, a couple of times or whatever the, I'm from Utah. And then someone says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I or whenever feel like they say, won't the police people... help? What? They say what? Whenever someone says, "Can't," shouldn't we call the police or won't the police help? Everybody just kind of laughs. You, you, a sweet summer child or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, I, mean, I just, it's good. It's just got these really kind of ridiculous little thing like lines that are like throat that they're thrown in there and i mean like well what was the one that i, I was just like where he's like just kiss her with your tongue for christ's sake and, and he, all of a sudden he's like how would christ benefit from me putting my tongue in someone's mouth <laughs> You're just, this is supposed to be erotic exactly exactly <laughs> exactly I don't know. It's just, just so ridiculous. So, so ridiculous. And then, you know, and then of course there's the, um, I, you know, the, where the scene where she's like, well, one, I love like Julie Ashton. Like there's, she's like, comes on set and says something about like, I told you I'm not doing any ass licking today. I'm not an ass licker. <laughs> just the inch. way she says, the way she says ass licker. <laughs> Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Take a mile. And then you have later on the ass fuck twins. He's like, okay, this is the line, whatever, da 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 da, ass fuck twins. He's like, wait, oh, no, I can't say that. I'll call them the naughty twins. Why would you call them the naughty twins? They're the ass fuck twins. Well, <laughs> you know, well, you know, why would you call them the naughty twins when they get fucked in the ass? And then he says, well, that's pretty naughty. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, valid point, but still. I fucked on. Yeah, exactly. Just be like, say it real quick. Say it real quick. 
And yeah, but, and they, they show the slow acceptance or adjustment that Joe, who Joe takes through yeah. through this, and they, they touch on the things, whether on purpose or by accident, for the sake of the movie and for comedy. I mean, the, like, the abuse or, uh, the, the, yeah, like, the abuse of women. You know, like, thinking that a porn star woman just wants to have sex with everybody all the time. Or right. uh, the conversation no, that too- Ron Jeremy has later on with, what's her face? <laughs> with Lisa. Lisa. the girlfriend yeah. yeah we're talking about who gets exploited by porn i think that's actually quite smart things that are in the movie and they're it's just there's a lot more silly that you see rather than that like when you first like when you initially look at it Hamster but yeah it's totally like the georgie character at the one point the whatever guy that's like farting on everybody a cup trying to a cup trying to like feel her up and everything she's like stop it no we're not working no did you not like as they were rolling you know i mean it exactly and that's it's totally something that you do not see is this i mean you rarely see this whole thing idea of some just because someone is a sex works in some aspect of the sex industry doesn't mean they're always willing. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, there are conditions and this is a job there, you know, there's a, there's a level of consent that, that is just like everyone else. You know, you joke, it's not a free for all. Yeah. And, Joe does the thing that that's often the the Trey Parker slant on making fun of Mormons is mm-hmm. as, is aside from thinking that what God and Jesus live on planets in outer space and that Jesus came to America and talked to the First Nation people and all this other mm-hmm. stuff it's yeah he is a really nice person yeah <laughs> and he says you know hey you, what are you doing you're, you're being a <laughs> stop hollering at me criminy is yeah. You know, as harsh as he gets. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although when they take his cupcake, he's like, I'm pissed off. (laughs) Like, that's the most angry you get. You, you, You see him. I'm pissed off. <laughs> like, it's really... And that's because his fiance was just abducted. Right. You know? It, it's, but I do... It, again, yeah, I love that conversation where you have the Lisa who's being tied up and she's, like, saying... Going on with... This is the criticism, the typical criticism you have of porn from people who are so religious saying that it all completely... or. Not not necessarily. It's not even restricted to people who are so religious, but because you see it from secular people as well, a certain portion of society who's like, well, porn automatically just, you know, it exploits women. Well, this conversation here in this movie goes further and saying, well, it exploits men too. But also in some ways, no, it do- I mean, there are other sides of saying it doesn't exploit, but exploitation is, j- you know, works to both sides when you're selling a product. The film industry that's non-porn does the same thing. The and in some ways can be worse yeah you know like, i mean at least the porn industry is is more honest about his exploitation <laughs> i mean i will i will say that I'm not saying that's necessarily you know the best thing but you know there's i i've heard from people who've worked in both you know both industries or both sides of it and have some have said yeah the porn industry is actually not as bad yeah uh, go ahead no i was just gonna say because you know a lot of again it's a lot of people have like laid out rules and regulations and like this is what i agree to this is what i don't and not saying that's everybody's experience well but. right but and that that's another thing that's in the movie where he says oh i'm i'm a regular person 
person and Chota boy says yeah. we're all regular people joe people yeah <laughs> he holds whatever degrees you know mit and all this stuff like he's got patents and stuff oh, yeah exactly that's just you look at how many i will say to see how the porn industry has evolved that you look at it from the days of where it was in the 70s and how it evolved into it's a multimedia business uh, thing now. And you have so many porn stars. Part of it is the availability of it now, you know, access because of the Internet. But the way that that you can distribute that now, you have so many you have a certain amount of porn stars who are really shrewd business people and know how to market themselves and may work for only a short amount of time in actual shooting porns. But what do they do with that in developing products or distribution or end up directing and producing and blah, 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 you know, like all different things like that. So it's, you know, it's it, some ways there's, there's, there are more chances, you know, for, you know, now that they're, I mean, compared to what they're used to be as far as that industry goes, but it's still, yeah, just like everybody else. It's not... Like, that, that, where's that? I don't under, I've never understood that idea of like, how is someone who's in this one industry better than someone who's in the other industry? Yeah. It's still the same thing of <laughs> just because your dad's a doctor or a lawyer and my dad works in agriculture, you know, whatever, <laughs> or is a scientist or something, doesn't make it, you know, your dad better than mine or something. Yeah. People, people aren't their jobs. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Sorry. I don't know. Is that an airplane? That is it. What is that? That's not a police helicopter. News helicopter? Is that? Hold on. That might be a police helicopter. <laughs> They're not coming to get me. I promise. Do you need to move away from the window? I'm not even close. <laughs> <laughs> we were okay. only half joking when we pointed out how everybody laughed at saying the cops will help you. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> okay. One thing that just kind of made, like, really cracked me up in this movie, and it's just the way that they have the Mormon characters portrayed in here. At the, whatever the Lisa character, and she's in trouble, and she's, or she's get, she's breaking up with Joe, and she's like, fie on you, Satan! <laughs> like, like, that's her big curse she comes up with. Fie on you, Satan! You know, I'm like, oh god. I hope you're happy with the life you've chosen. Don't and then, don't you house. quote Dickens in my house. It, it, or, or don't you quote Dickens in my apartment. Like, yeah. as she's leaving. And you get the Dickens quote. Or almost with a Dickens quote. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Hollering and what the... <laughs> we, we touched on it for a second, but let's get back to the Orgasmorator and Ben. Okay. And his, his degrees oh in physics and engineering from MIT in Boston. Oh my! It's in Cambridge, Cambridge, actually. And this is one of the scenes. I don't know if you remember the re- the theatrical cut at all. I haven't seen the theatrical cut in a, re- a really long time. I, used... I mostly just watched the the unrated. Okay, I used to have it on tape, and it used to be on heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really a whole lot of difference in much of the movie, other than yeah. some of the music. Yeah, some different takes from some of the lines and i think there were more butts in yeah i think there were more butts less boobs yeah and honestly you don't get as much nudity as like boobs as you'd think no i mean even the unrated cut is what i'm saying yeah we, we, we needed more that's why you know it it's, it seems so strange to so many of them that they had trouble getting a better rating because it was yeah. the subject matter mm-hmm. look at I, I mean yeah it's like when zach and mary make make a porn they came out that kevin smith 
Smith one? Yes. Whatever, a few years ago. It had all those problems too. And I think, I mean, yeah, again, it was about the porn industry type thing too. America's always and it, better with violence than sex. And it really was, you really, you had uh, probably a little bit more nudity in that, but not much. It really was pretty tame. It was more than just the la- you know, the language. That's what always gets them with Kevin Smith type stuff. <laughs> is God what they discuss, you know? That's why they wanted to slap clerks with a, I mean, with a whatever NC-17 rating. Yeah. Or weren't, or wouldn't give it an X or something. I mean, that's just it. The MPAA is for fucking ridiculous. A bunch of old guys. There! I've said it! I've said it! <laughs> I'm going on record! You're on notice, MPAA. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. But... So they go to they go to Ben's house after shooting. This is about halfway or closer to the end of the movie. But he created the orgasmerator, which man, that would be a wonderful thing. That would be awesome. That's you know, and <laughs> I like how his apartment or his house wasn't too big, and Joe was still like, "Oh my god, you! This is all yours? This that that's yeah, of all bought and paid for. <laughs> bought and paid for with my my patents. With my patents, yeah." <laughs> But then he had his, like, bat lair downstairs that was bigger. Yeah, this huge underground place where you <laughs> you see the, the cock rocket of foreshadowing on the table uh-huh. next yeah. to the orgasm array that's, you know, so heavy that he can't lift it up. And Joe's yeah, like, it's, Joe has no problem doing it. It's not that heavy. And they, they go and test it. <laughs> and I love it. Some of the people that they tested out on, like the Hasidic Jews, the little old lady with her walker. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Dave. Dave makes an appearance for a second. Yeah, yeah. So okay, and and in Death to Smoochie, Rainbow Randolph, he he had some issues with his own sexuality. In Orgasmo, we have Dave, who has some issues, I think, with his own sexuality. Yeah. How many? I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing. Queer nothing. Which is the I think Death to Smoochie handles it better. Mm-hmm. Because it is a much more positive thing and you do see something that could be a genuine internalized homophobia and everybody else's reaction to it. This one you see, I don't know, it, I guess maybe because they play it or say it so many times that it's at a point where it's like, okay, we get it already. Like, it's just, it's a bit, it's done too much. Yeah. But at least in the end, he does find, you know, he, he at least has, you see him move through the movie. And, and I know it is making fun kind of, of the Boogie Nights, like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman character. Mm. You know, he is kind of make it is kind of making fun of that character from that movie. But at least at the end of this movie, Dave does find his love with Sun. <laughs> and their love of fire. <laughs> fire the looks sexy. Romantic. The romantic, yes. <laughs> and that little goofball smile. And I, I really think, although the first time I saw this, I was obviously way less aware of what Matt Stone looked like. But I think yeah. it was my second watch of the movie back then that I yeah. even noticed that it was him. Him? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, he, exactly. It's no, and I, I love, and I love that he's trying to get them to smile for the photo and he says, say, Getty Lee. And they're like, what? Getty Lee, best, ba- best place player ever. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Getty Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not to disparage Geddy Lee if you're listening. No, to this exactly. Ricky. No, very talented. But 
it's just so, it's kind of random yeah. <laughs> you're just like what what the fuck but, and it's the perfect reaction that everybody else has which is the same thing of what the fuck <laughs> but you know a guy that looks like dave knows who getty lee is That's... exactly <laughs> I may have had that friend or two. <laughs> and he even found another person with a mullet to, to talk to. Right. In, in the Orgasmo Raid tryout sign, which I like the music yeah. in the uncut version mm-hmm. a lot more than the song they used in that scene in oh, yeah. uh, the theatrical version. Because the theatrical one yeah. had some weird poppy, you know, love such an easy game to play or you know something like yeah. that and yeah this was more like punk and metal and surf yeah. rock and stuff yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah you know, it's still i i tried so many times to get my band to cover the now you're a man song yeah the, mm-hmm. just never i don't know i guess it's my fault because i never learned how to play guitar really mm-hmm. so i couldn't show you know it's a whole lot or a whole lot easier to refuse to play a song when someone shows you how to do it and <laughs> Instead yeah. of just, hey, figure this out. But right. yeah, that, the time warp, and if I only had a brain, were definitely missed opportunities. Uh, but did we, I think we did, I mean, we didn't go piece by piece through either of these movies. No, but I don't think it no. serves them a disservice. No, and I feel like this is just kind of to get people into the movies somewhat. And I, I think this is um we're we're keeping trying to keep things also I guess a little bit shorter than this episode <laughs> because we had some questions that we wanted to answer as well. So, um, do you have anything else to say about Orgasmo before? Oh, Choda Dog. <laughs> Chew through these ropes. Bite through these ropes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Even the dog... The chocolate was that the chocolate lab has like a a dildo strapped to its head. So, (laughs) like, (laughs) yeah, I like we we talked about the kind of humor, and I think that's sort of illustrated in these couple things that I had noticed and remembered was that they go for the they they hold the shot too long on the burning model, so you know that it's a burning model, and 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 I kind of love that. I love that in like the where it's they break where they have the really really fake like dummy of G Fresh's body in that mm-hmm. one fight scene, and the Ron Jeremy's head His in that other scene. Head. Like, <laughs> like I love that. And and if you watch the extras on the um the interviews, like the making of, mm-hmm. like Ron Jeremy was talking about that at the time he was just would see these them filming some of these things these different ways, and he's like didn't get it and he's like you're not gonna redo that or you're holding that shot that long like really that effect it's that effect is gonna look terrible or whatever and like and all these different things and they're like oh no it's fine and he's like what like and he didn't understand it until he saw the final product of the film and he said it made total sense to me of they were purposely making fun of like all these different things and how some of these movies are shot so badly with different things. He's like, it was, he's like, I just couldn't see their crazy vision. Like, you know what I mean? It's And it's true. Like, if you, I, I'm sure if you saw those things only like little bits at a time and somebody was like, oh no, whatever. And acted like it wasn't, they weren't doing it on purpose. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you might be confused. <laughs> Unless you really knew the guys and how they worked. Yeah. And you know, 
their their humor was still a relatively unknown commodity at that point. It was yeah, they were still relatively really relatively new. So I can I can totally see that. But <laughs> it, it it yeah, it works. It definitely works with the the casting and just it's fun. It's a fun movie. I, I mean, I certainly would not recommend this to some people because you got to be okay with the porn industry and obviously your, you know, your uh, feelings on making fun of religion to be able to watch this movie. True. It's, it's but, a lot easier to recommend Smoochie. Yeah, it, I think so. I think so. But, you know, there are certain people that I definitely recommend the recommendum orgasmo too, because like I said, it's mindless fun, but it does have these moments where it is actually very smart. Yeah. And as I think, I think this worked as a double bill. I know we only yeah. did it theoretically before we picked it. Yeah. It was just kind of like, eh, okay, let's, it was just like a rough idea. We, 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 and it just ended up because we couldn't figure out something better to do. It like really, you know, we didn't want to, we were, like you said, we're taking a summer break. We're kind of tuning out and we didn't want to be bothered with the thinking of another movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or we could, we could Is have done. sad to admit that when I'm like. <laughs> I think that's part of it. But also I think part of it was we originally I'm, started again. I know you, we, we know you're joking. I'm partly kidding. Um, <laughs> At least partly kidding. I've, uh, Death to Smoochie has come up quite a few times in our conversations, and I think we started seriously planning to do Death to Smoochie when the Mr. Rogers movie was coming out, and but then that made everybody right. cry. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but everybody I, I know has gotten all choked up watching it, and we we're trying to keep it lighter for some well, break. Well, I, I have to say, I didn't watch Mr. Rogers growing up. You didn't? <laughs> no, I wasn't allowed to. Why? Because he was a minister, or he 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 creeped my dad out. Really? I don't know why. And my dad was like, I don't know. And I wasn't allowed to watch Sesame Street either. Uh, okay. So I had a lot because, of both. Um, I was I was allowed to watch Electric Company, but it also gonna turn on I, the power. Right? Gonna turn it on. You're gonna turn off the power. Yeah, exactly. With Rita Moreno and Morgan Freeman. And oh, God, that was such an awesome show. But I was also limited in my TV time. So really only one show was the amount of time I was allowed to watch probably anyway. So we could save up our TV time and cash it all in at later points. Oh. <laughs> um but Electric Company it's, was my big sister's show. Yeah. Or older sister's. Whatever. She is yeah. taller than me, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Electric Company. Yeah, I, I, I watched a lot. Well, not a lot. Especially on Sick Days. Sick Days was more yeah. watching Mr. Rogers and King Friday. I, I, and... I mean, I did see some Mr. Rogers when I was finally older and would babysit. But even still, I didn't watch it that much. Because I was usually doing other stuff and taking care of a kid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I was too. It was all. I was too old. You know, I was. It lost on me. Yep. Kind of time frame. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, but but we definitely wanted to keep this more more fun and light. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about my kind of Amish upbringing, <laughs> as, as Bo was jokingly calling it. Sorry, we're back to that. Anyway, hey, you know. That's why I, I think that's why the Mr. Rogers documentary, it was not going to be a good idea for me because I wouldn't have gotten it to some extent. Yeah. I mean, I would have, but the nostalgia would not have been there at all. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious as to, I didn't think that that was a movie that I had to go out and catch in the theater. Mm -hmm. 
I think it might be interesting to watch at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate um, the fact that his mother knitted all of his sweaters. <laughs> he named Queen Sarah after his wife. Um, he testified to Congress. I, I was gonna, just going to say, I appreciate that. I know that he was very big on like integrating and like showing like racial unity and, and things like that. Where Yes. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I do know these certain things about him, you know, and he was, he had been a Marine. Oh yeah. Yep. I, I <laughs> like on top of that. all of that, he could kick someone's ass. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the full sleeve arm tattoo stuff is urban legend, but I, I feel yeah. like, yeah, I, I think I remember him being a, a Marine. You always hear all these wonderfully nice stories about him. And it's, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like Sheldon Mopes. I'm sure that was part. I'm sure. But there's other people that we haven't heard of. But right. So these movies were behind the scenes of big genre. The, the, the genres, the people that don't even watch that type of programming have a basic preconceived or otherwise notion. Right. About what really happens. Mm-hmm. And behind that. And this is, yeah, these were, these were good books for summer break. I say not to pat ourselves on our back, but. Yeah, yeah. Did you? you have anything that you wanted to add um no that was it um i was just gonna say let's do a little break and we will be back with the uh, a little bit of listener mail did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds it's a dead issue man don't don't push it cinema psyops is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject no one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Welcome back. Uh, here we are. So, before we go any further, I wanted to extend, and Darren, I will let you if you would like as well, but I would like to extend a massive thank you to the spawn of Canadian Satan, aka David. <laughs> We had a a major tech issue with the last episode, which is actually we've also we've we already recorded a referral slip episode that was intended to be the one for August, but because of the tech issue in my computer situation right now, that's we're I'm gonna we're gonna skip a referral slip for August, and that one is just gonna be released in uh, September. But so sorry about that, folks. But yeah. 
I have been having some massive computer issues. Anyway, Spawn of Canadian Satan, aka David, uh, really helped us out in a pinch and was able to edit the episode of that insane syphilitic monkey madness <laughs> <laughs> that we had between um, Duncan Bowen. and us so thank you so much david totally stepped up like yeah. you can expect the spawn of canadian satan to do well you know it came at a price and um we're we're still working that out but i didn't have to you know offer up my soul where it wasn't that bad but a sacrifice um has been made or is being made so yeah <laughs> Something shiny and nerdy is going to be uh, exchanged. <laughs> shiny and nerdy. Uh, anyway, anyway. You must make sacrifices um, too. Well, I, you know, I was saying, you know, we were joking and saying we were going to have to make a sacrifice to Canadian Satan. It, it wasn't that bad. It was just, a, but, you know, still sacrifice to the spawn of Canadian Satan. So, yeah. Anyway, we we needed some help. So, thank you again. And, like I said, the on that, um, the referral slip episode that we recorded, we actually had the, Robert Ward sent in a an email with many questions, and we read probably the first half of those questions, answered those in that referral slip episode that we're now going to release in September. But right now, we're going to go Go ahead and answer the second half of the questions. Um, It's not a problem that they're out of order, but just, Robert, when you're listening to this, you'll be like, what the hell? We we didn't skip. (laughs) We didn't skip. And I think maybe we, I think I said something earlier where it kind of maybe didn't make sense when I was like, what questions? Huh? (laughs) Anyway, that's a little explanation about where these questions came from. Um, So Robert emailed us. Would you like to read out the first question, Darren? Sure. Have you ever read a book that you had little to no expectations on only to discover that you really loved it? And this is Robert answering. As an excuse to get myself to read more, I decided to read along with a podcast hosted by two teachers. I expected most books would end up being obligations and as such, I had no expectations on Rebecca by oh man, I'm so horrible with pronouncing French. Daphne du Maurier? Yeah. I'm not well versed in older gothic novels, but immediately fell in love with this one. Rebecca isn't just a book I could argue over, but I honestly think I could even fistfight anyone who disagrees with me. It was so good. One of the hosts had a problem with the unnamed heroine, but while I could just I could just be projecting my own insecurities, I actually really liked her. With such lack of communication between the two parties, I found her insecure and alien, and completely felt I understood the character and where she was coming from. By his admittance, he doesn't have a history with depression, but for me, I found it 100% understandable and why she had so many doubts and struggled to find her place in the home. I figure going into a book like this and falling in love can't possibly be so rare. So what are your favorite discoveries? Hmm. I will say Rebecca is a good book. (laughs) And that actually is um, Hitchcock. That movie Rebecca is based on this book. Just FYI. Oh, cool. He also uh, based the birds on her short skirt in the same name. Anyway, side note. Uh, As far as this question goes, I don't know if I have an answer. I mean, I'm sure there are ones, things that I had to read for school somewhere along the way where, yeah, I, I really had little to no expectations. But I don't know if there were any where I was all of a sudden like, oh my god, I love this so much. <laughs> because there were most of those that I, I didn't end up loving. Mm. You know, it was the ones that I 
found they might be like we would get in school like some of the like summer reading lists or something of oh you could pick off the list they weren't necessarily the required reading but they were more like suggested reading and there was where stuff where I would find things myself and I would end up loving those you know that's how I found Clockwork Orange but it wasn't something that that was also something I had heard about beforehand (laughs) you know so I can't even say something like that but the ones where I had like little to no expectations I really I'm sorry I'm gonna have to cop out and say I don't have an answer at least not yet not that I can think of at the moment yeah um, let's see I would say yeah I kind of feel the same it's really cool that he had an experience with that but I can't think of something that I had it's it's I guess it's the ideas of the extremes I've I've Mm -hmm. definitely had little or no expectations on a book to find out that it wasn't that bad or okay I see why people like this but I've never gone from zero to eleven yeah so uh, there's been a lot of stuff in the middle I guess you know Uh, but I'm 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 sorry this will this will be one of the shorter ones I I haven't really read anything (laughs) that I yeah (laughs) usually when I've gone into something thinking that I wasn't gonna like it whether it's its own fault or my own fault I Mm -hmm. didn't so right on man good for you for finding stuff that yeah I know your comfort zone I know and and no now it's got me thinking though I'm like is there something I'm forgetting so I'll let you know if I do think of something eventually (laughs) (laughs) um okay next question what are your favorite short stories collections or anthologies Robert says I'm a big fan of Theodore Sturgeon and consider E. Pluberus Unicorn a masterpiece Ted was primarily a short story writer, but ex- but wrote extensively on love, tackling it from all angles. In Unicorn, for example, Ted tackled homosexuality. In, sorry, in it, wait, in it, world well lost, that sticks with me as much today as my favorite short, my favorite story from that collection, A Saucer of Loneliness. A saucer only edging out just be- or only edging out because of my pers- my own personal connection to depression, loneliness, and suicidal thoughts. I am also a huge fan of Dangerous Visions, a col- collection compiled by and contributed to by the great Harlan Ellison, who just passed away. I never got around to picking up the second volume, but always wanted to. So, favorite short stories, collections, or anthologies? Me first. Yeah. Um, let's see. I really like Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk. I, I would call that a collection of short, even though they are were written for the same purpose. It's not mm-hmm. like a lot of things that are just collections like my other, I don't know. You, have you read Haunted? No, I have not. Okay, so basically the run by, rundown of that, I haven't read all of Palahniuk's stuff, but yeah. I picked it up uh, at least five five to ten years ago. And mm-hmm. it's a collection of short stories. The, they're woven around a central story of a bunch of people going off to a writer's retreat and all the short stories are their stories and so there'll be the story of the writer's retreat and then it'll be uh they all have nicknames and it'll be say, it'll be so-and-so's story and it'll, mm-hmm. and they're all sort of creepy or there's some horror aspects to it or stuff that makes you uncomfortable uh 
we talked about beach reads a couple times uh, in in the past, and that's definitely a book that I read at the beach once. You know, yeah, it's it's not as intense or whatever as people seem to be with choke or fight club but Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool there's some definitely some disturbing stories in there and uh a good man is hard to find named after probably my favorite short story in the collection but flannery Mm o'connor that is definitely uh, a favorite of mine i still haven't made it all the way through it but i can just pick a story in there and i don't want to take what i think will be yours so i will stop what do you think will be mine i think at least one of your answers if you give more than one will have something do with Shirley Jackson um I considered that go ahead the lottery whatever story the lottery is it or whatever collection the lottery is it's in multiple different yeah that's what I was I mean I was gonna say Shirley Jackson definitely just multiple like short story like collections I've seen and I don't necessarily have a favorite one because they've been rearranged in multiple ways Mm -hmm. but yeah the lottery I can't so I can't remember which one that appears in but yeah definitely she's I mean I, I enjoy her for her short story work but I would actually the first thing I would say is probably a nice nin little birds and uh, delta venus both of those collections of erotica that she did um those are the ones she's probably most known for I read those at a <laughs> very young age <laughs> <laughs> Me and my me and my my pervy and banned books. I gotta you know gotta read those. But I would also something that was very big in the way that I was raised, and I guess. I, I don't know. Can we can we count a collection of poems? No, that doesn't really work. <laughs> that's not that's not accurate. To this question, I guess. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a short story, but I mean, a short story. It's an in, commas, not quite an. It's a collection. Yeah, I would put in there. Sylvia Plath, uh, Ariel, that collection of poems. Okay, and yeah, if 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 we're, I, I would add a, a poem collection sort of i don't know if you have seen uh illustrated or illuminated poems where a street artist illustrated a bunch of allen ginsberg poems mm-hmm. i that is a big favorite of mine yeah and i mean again like well then yeah then i go down a rabbit hole if the, and i want to go more like yeah. anthologies of poems i mean like howl i mean that <laughs> again what do you call howl <laughs> kind of what it is so but yeah, those are probably big ones for me. And and an anthology collection, but it's nonfiction. I get to go with Alice Walker, In Search of Our Mother's Gardens. Hmm. I feel like I recognize the Womanist Prose is what it's subtitled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did she so those are those notebook? are what? Did she write the Golden Notebook? Mm, I don't yeah. think so. Okay. I don't know. I can find out (laughs) (laughs) if you want. (laughs) Uh, But Um, yeah, that's Doris Lessing. Okay. That was a required reading in a a class. I know I've read some Doris Lessing, but I haven't read a lot of her stuff. That that book is a, it is long. It's not as long as it but that's what I right. sort of likened the length of the reading to. And it was in a abbreviated semester mm-hmm. when when I was in college, they switched from quarters to semesters at Ohio State. And so there was this weird shortened semester, the spring semester, mm-hmm. but the professor 
still had all the required reading that was in the full length one. Yeah. So, you know, we were reading James Joyce and Doris Lessing and we read Money, a Suicide Note by Martin Amos and whole bunch of stuff and it was just so long (laughs) anyway that is not a collection oh yeah there are short stories in there anyway blah 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 we don't want to get into (laughs) collections of poems because that would take a while yeah i guess i yeah i i opened up a a little pandora's box there when i brought in the books the books of blood the books of blood is well yeah and i thought about the books of blood as well yeah Yeah, so yeah yeah okay anything else before we go to our next question no okay and Do this, you want to read this? Yes, I shall. And this is the last question in this email. In this email. Because <laughs> he did send us a second email with another question. Again, we, we love this. We we, we hope, do. Yeah. We do love this. I'm just surprised. I'm always surprised to get feedback emails. I am too. And this much, actually. Yeah. Go ahead. What books or specific literary heroes do you fail to comprehend the otherwise high regard in which they are held? Jane Eyre, I'm 70% sure that if you (laughs) like Mr. Rochester, who is considered one of the best romantic heroes, you need to seek immediate therapy. (laughs) I also quite disliked the film Gone with the Wind. I flat out refused to try the book. I heard someone say, you just can't help but cheer for her. I have never been so tested before. I just wanted to scream in response, like hell. I, I'm with Robert on both of those. You don't I, 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 Yeah? I, I, it took me a long time to even see Gone with the Wind once, and I only did to just say I have seen this film that is supposed to be a cinematic masterpiece. Especially growing up down south, all those stupid people who, like, live and die by that stupid movie. And, oh my god, fuck them. Fuck Scarlett O'Hara. The cell shall not rise again. Sorry. No. Uh-uh. Tomorrow I don't care for any of them. Sit down and shut up. I know. And frankly, my dear Scarlett, yeah. Yeah. I don't give a damn. I really don't give a damn about any of you. Go fuck yourselves. Jane Eyre? Oh my god. I, and the Brontes? I'm sorry, the Bronte sisters, as far as writers go. And Jane Austen. I know I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to love these writers, but I just not can't. I could, I've never been able to get into any of their things. I purposely in school tried to read as little as much, as little as possible of their stuff. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the only thing that's good about Jane Eyre is that whatever they ended up writing that book, Wild Sargasso Sea, as the like imagining of the story behind the woman in the attic. Now, that is an interesting story. <laughs> but it's not written by the Brontes. And, it, you know, it's about this whole other side of things, like a much darker side of that situation. That's a much more interesting story. Yeah, that's so that's my little rant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the, what, the woman who played Mammy wasn't even allowed to go to the premiere of Hattie the movie? Mc, Hattie McDaniel, who, oh my goodness, she's such a fabulous talent. And yeah, and the way that she was treated, yeah, and, and when they were, like, the production, like, there was a certain amount of, like, where she was restricted as far as she could stay compared to the rest of the cast, you know, and then, yeah, the premiere, like, she couldn't even go, and then she wins a fucking Oscar. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Go fuck the rest of you people. <laughs> I never read the book. Um, I, I had some of the book read to me by Pony Boy Curtis every time yeah. I watched The Outsiders. Yeah. But yeah, uh, let's see. You touched on those. <laughs> um, yeah, what books? I mean, I don't get why people like Glenn Beck's books or. Well, uh, that's a different thing entirely. Yeah, uh, or the weird fan fiction that Bill O'Reilly writes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about about things that are yeah yeah no does. <laughs> um i guess i never i don't want to get people mad at me but i never really liked the literary batman i never really cared yeah was, you know but i've never really been into the superhero comics yeah i've always been more of a fan of the the other comics or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah yeah jane Eyre. i i i think we talked about this before but the uh the ann rand stuff oh god well yeah I, definitely uh, and you know i have to say John Steinbeck? I, something there I just don't get. <laughs> Is that I of just, Mice and Men and stuff? Or Grapes just, of Wrath? Yeah, I mean, you know, in the Red Pony stupid shit that you have to read. <laughs> you know, I... The Book of Mormon? I don't get that. <laughs> Well, yeah. We already talked about that, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, those are good. Those are good picks. They're really sort of... I, I never really understood... It's it, it, I get really confused, especially when people talk about the the heritage of the Confederacy and stuff like that. Where oh, me too. I mean, <laughs> I lived down there for seventeen years and I never understood it. I just I'm like, really, what? Yeah, when people try to tell me it was like the Song of the South, or, uh, or you know, it's no, that's not the what. That's not what it needs to be compared to. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, this is the furthest south I've ever lived is Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I've been down south and I've yeah. seen the remnants of that. And, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think. Yeah. The, the, some of those movies and, you know, it's again, we're talking about a different thing, but the Birth of the Nation movie. Uh, yeah. Anything that really the people take as justification for having a shitty way you treat people in the world mm-hmm. i don't get right no i agree i agree i just hope hope that uh, that answers that question question right do we have time to uh, darren I, I guess robert had get sent us another email it had one more question do we have time for that do you think uh it's it's uh, it's up to you we are... i think we have time okay then sure let's go for it why <laughs> you're saying no well i don't have to edit this so oh, <laughs> i'm not gonna that's make true. that choice for that's you true. i will say okay. i am willing okay we'll go ahead and do one last question the one last question uh, we'll, we'll get down and we'll be all caught zero. up yeah for the moment <laughs> for the moment until we get more questions <laughs> okay so robert asks what is your favorite autobiography or memoir and he says i'm a boxing fan and love books on boxing but i have to say undisputed truth by mike tyson is hands down one of my favorite books i've ever read i have a few books regarding tyson because i'm 30 and growing up he was in a full downward spiral he was he was still very much in the public consciousness a few months back i immediately ordered a copy of the follow-up book after learning about it the first time and dying
trying to finally get to it. Gone through a few biographies in my time and have a few more I want to get to on just, just on other boxers, but I highly doubt any biography will reach the level of undisputed truth. Okay, so Darren, what is your uh, favorite autobiography or memoir? Oh, man. See, I love nonfiction. I probably read more nonfiction than fiction. Me too. Uh, so everything by Hunter Thompson I've ever read. Uh, <laughs> you know, all of Jack Kerouac, Burroughs, all that stuff. But that that's the short answer for that part. But I, I want to say I really like Please Kill Me as a book that I like, which is a cl- has a bunch of co-authors like Iggy Pop and Lake mm-hmm. McNeil. And it's like a collective history of the origin of punk rock or at yeah. least from that angle. Uh, Just Kids by Patti Smith. I'm a big Yeah, that's a that good book. one. That's a good one. One that I just started reading, I would say uh, Black Klansman. I liked Black Klansman yeah. a lot. I, I don't know if it has re-readability. Yeah. Um, but I just started reading Tranny by Laura Jane Grace. Okay. Which I don't know if you're familiar with the book. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I I haven't gotten to anything really sad yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Tranny, full title is Tranny Confessions of Punk Rock's Most Infamous Anarchist Sellout by Laura Jane Grace of Against Me, a band that I've seen before and after she had her transition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, it, it's definitely got the chance to be one of my top mem- memoir mm-hmm. type autobiography, you know. Most Things by Studs Terkel. One of my first favorite ones was The Jungle, which isn't really a memoir. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I really could ramble on a lot of my favorites. But yeah, the first answer that came to mind was everything I've read by Hunter Thompson. And mm-hmm. yeah, you? Um, I would say, um, I would say Asada, uh, the autobiography of Asada Shakur. The autobiography of Angela Davis. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I know I've mentioned um, As- Asada on here before, um, that book. I would say uh, Diane DePrima, Memoirs of a oh, Beatnik. I haven't read um, that, but I love her poems. Oh, God, I know, I know. And it's great because you do, there's so much about the, so much more of the autobiographical stuff that you see from the males in the beatnik movement. So it's nice to see a female perspective mm-hmm. in that sense, not just the poems. So uh, that, you know, that's good. And um, Neon Angel, the biography or autobiography of um, what's her name? Cherie Curry from The Runaways. <laughs> oh, yeah. She has had a crazy life. <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really interesting. You know, I, I mean, obviously she had someone write it with her, but she, just her her life. So, like I said, crazy that you're like, okay, yeah, can't help but sit there and read it. I, you know, I, that, so that's a fun kind of read of, especially that specific time period of the music industry and, and just culture and LA and that whole scene. Yeah. But, um, well, and I mean, God, Sylvia Platt, the bell jar is really, it is a very, like, it really is kind of a memoir. Yeah. It really, you know, I know people who have written memoirs too. And, uh, so of course I, I 
I enjoy their work, but you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not just going to pimp my friend's work. <laughs> and the, the, the memoir part of Stephen King's on writing book counts, right? I, yeah. I've, I've probably read that two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I have, I have more that I could probably go on to, but I, I thought I'd just kind of keep it shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a teenage dominatrix. I liked that one. I haven't read it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, Foxy, the uh, Pam Greer autobiography. That's that's one I recommend. Nice. Yeah, yeah. She's one that's had a very interesting life. <laughs> yeah. And just when you're already thinking, God, this woman can't kick ass anymore, then you read about some of these things that, that in her life, and you're like, oh, yeah, you kick, la- kick ass on a whole other level, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So but we interesting digress. that I picked all women on my list. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't intentionally do that. But no, you pick some of you pick you'd pick some writers. I would actually choose as well. So okay. So I guess that wraps up our listener questions. As always, we would love to hear from you for questions. Um, emailing us is the best chance to the best way to do that. I think. That's vdclinicpod at gmail.com. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. And um, getting ready to wrap things up. And before we go, we have another book giveaway. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Free books! This time, this is one actually we have not covered on the show, but I realized I have this extra book and I think that I, I, I would love, I, yes, in my, in my, as I said, I have admitted before, I do not, I only have certain room on my bookshelf. So I'm going to offer this up <laughs> for someone. It is a, actually a signed copy of hardcover book called a uh, novel card called Noir by Christopher Moore. So we have that. Yeah, it's kind of a modern day noir novel. And like I said, it's a signed hardback. And the first person to email us, <laughs> we're going to say email. I, I, I'm trying to get people to respond via email. Although, do we want to say send us a message on Twitter? Or do we want to yeah. say send us a message on Twitter? Get people using Twitter as well? I think so, yeah. Tweet us your favorite noir film and say why you're telling us and the first person to do so. Right? How's that sound? Or Tweet, email. Okay. okay. Whichever. Yeah. I don't know. I, sure. Because I don't know I, if you just want someone to say, hey, am I the first one? Um, or, just the first person. Yeah. Or if, yeah, if just tweet us or I guess. Yeah. How about that? Tweet us your favorite noir film. How about that? Yeah. Unless I, you have a noir book yeah. that you like more. Sure. Be the first person to tweet us. How about that? We'll do that. And um, and our Twitter handle is VD Clinic Pod. So, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so tweet us. And I guess what? If <laughs> if you email us, you don't have to tell us. That way that puts the incentive because you, you said you wanted to get that email used too. So Well, no, I'm, ch- I'm, ch- I'm changing my mind midstream now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to email us. I just try to, I'm trying to do, make people do only one thing. Mm. Yeah. They both have timestamps. We should be okay. 
Okay. If you want to, yeah. Or if you <laughs> scratch everything I said. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, this is your your book giveaway. Oh God, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> so, I think we said you could even give us a holler. Yeah, give us a holler. <laughs> I didn't even bring up Instagram trying to keep it more simplified since we elaborated as we talked oh lord but for other things our instagram is vd clinic pod yes and we have the facebook group as well so looky there but um so anyway tell people what we're doing next month and why we needed a break (laughs) for this month so yeah we are for september in september we are going to be doing the 1990s adaptation film adaptation of the handmaid's tale and the book the handmaid's tale by margaret atwood from which the movie and the awesome tv show that we talk about (laughs) right right which i know on the the latest uh, the the whatever july devour Jamie was like, what's about that? Tell me about this Handmaid's Tale. And so I was like, okay, here's the elevator pitch. <laughs> like, kind of, like, I think I have the like, condensed version of it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. more horror people need to check out the show because a lot of horror people yeah. are missing some really effective horror. It really is. Yeah, it is really, I, I know, and even I underplay the amount of, like, like what horror is there because it is a very high psychological horror oh yeah 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 but so yeah we need in addition to the physical but yeah yeah anywho but yeah so we're gonna be trying not to lose our minds for next month yeah (laughs) and then we gave ourselves a nice little treat i think it's been announced already on friday the 13th yes it was but for october we are doing we're doing the Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House and the 1963 film adaptation The Haunting, um, directed by Robert Wise, who also directed West Side Story, by the way, just so you know. Keep that in mind when you're watching it. (laughs) (laughs) And ties that back into the musical theme current we had running. I guess, I guess somehow this is my way of... But yeah, I had to, this is, I I had to sneak in Shirley Jackson somewhere. October is a great time for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, we got that coming up. And then I think what in November we decided we're actually going to, do we want to reveal October? I mean, November already? (laughs) Uh, We can, we can hold off on that. That's a lot of stuff. Okay. Keep track of. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of like, I guess where we're we're heading so anyway <laughs> we're headed towards year two everybody oh my fucking god or the years the we're, second this, year uh, this, celebration we're already like a year and a half now yeah. this show this episode yeah no not no it's not oh god i don't even know <laughs> we're almost we're getting there oh jesus i can't even think i mean what january is no i meant you've been here now six months is what i was going to say sorry i knew there was a six month anniversary in there it's your six it's your six month anniversary on the show yeah Hmm. it definitely does not feel that long i know right (laughs) yet it feels like you've always been here (laughs) and i'm not mean i'm just adjusting exactly my stepdad's not mean he's just adjusting 
And on that note, <laughs> um, Darren, do you have anything else you want to pimp? I, as we often say and occasionally forget to say, we are happily uh, part of the Legion Podcasts family. I think there's something for everyone over there at legionpodcast.com. And my other show that you will be, let's see, sometime around the time of you hearing this look for Vanessa being back over there where we talk about the Black Klansman, hopefully. That's yes. the plan, at least. That That'll is the, the plan. The newest movie covered over on the Psychosemantic podcast. Hot off the presses. Yeah, hot off the presses. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope oh, I'm not too. disappointed. Me too. But yeah, yeah, and I also want to say you should go check out, I was just telling somebody to go check out Devour, the podcast. Yes. Thank you. That's, yeah, also on Legion. That's where you can also find me um, doing my doing all horror with Bo that you heard last month and uh, uh, Jamie Salmon. So, yeah, we are doing for, what are we doing for August? We're doing Unfriended Dark Web. And I think the listener pick is he just died or he never died. What oh, he never movie? died? He I, never died. I think that's what got picked. I think that is what got picked. Okay. I, you've, have you, you've never seen it? Oh, I have seen it. Oh, you have seen it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> of course I've fucking seen it. <laughs> Have you seen the wrong turn that he's in? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Again, it's, it's Rollins. Of course I've fucking seen it. I love Rollins. Uh, he's so awesome. And he's such a nice person when you meet him in person. He seems like it. I've never. Yeah. Never I've talked to him after like a couple of his like spoken word like gigs and stuff. And he's just like, just the most like chill down to earth person that you would ever meet oddly enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He gets all his energy out working out and <laughs> screaming right. poetry at people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so we're doing that and we're gearing up. It's for our, we're already starting to talk about what we're going to do over there for um, October for Halloween. And boy, that's going to be some sort of insanity. I got to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to read for that one. <laughs> I said, let me know ahead of time so I can read for two shows. <laughs> yeah, right. This is... <laughs> I lucked out. You know, I, I, I get to pick all my secondary reads. I don't right. Know, you know, right. But right. So... <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. On that note, um, I'm going to say goodbye. What about you, Darren? Yep. I think I we've used up all the good catchphrases. So goodbye definitely works. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I hope you had a good summer break with us. Yes. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy your time off. Bye. <laughs> School's out for summer. Um, anyway. That's my bad guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for visiting us for another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram as vdclinicpod. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash vdclinicpod. We would love to hear your feedback, questions, suggestions, and more.
<laughs> I am Sancho. You are not Sancho. Sancho. Are you Sancho? No, <laughs> you're not Sancho. <laughs> you are. There are many Vanessas and many Darrens in this world. <laughs> but only one Sancho. Ah, oh, you're Sancho. 